0: Captain Freeman, welcome to Deep Space Nine.
1: Coming up, Captain Freeman leads trade negotiations with an alien species aboard Deep Space Nine.
0: Do us a favor here, Quark, we're trying to make a good impression.
1: Maybe, I don't want to make a good impression. I will not
0: stand for this disrespect.
1: But will a well-known, very shrewd Ferengi torpedo the deal?
0: This is my salon. And this is my (laughs) phaser.
2: Merida takes aim at her girlfriend's group of friends.
0: I'm pirating, let's go!
2: (laughs) And Tindy utilizes
1: her Orion pirate skills to save the day. All this and more coming up on the Lower Decks edition of Energize. 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 We're satirically going into the uncharted regions of the Star Trek universe. You're listening to Energize, a Star Trek Lower Decks Edition podcast. Your source for hilarious analysis, colorful debate, and fun discussions about adventures of Ensign Beckett Mariner and the USS Cerritos Lower Decks crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt.
2: This week, the Cerritos is dispatched to Deep Space Nine to spearhead peace negotiations as shenanigans ensue.
1: Will Captain Freeman and the Lower Decks crew overcome the chaos and save the day?
2: Here's a Warp Speed recap of Episode 6 of Star Trek Lower Decks.
1: Here all Trust Nothing. Captain Freeman, you will be negotiating with the Garibond. This is crazy.
0: Anyone else would have months to prepare for this level of diplomacy. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. Trade Minister Korzak, this is Captain Freeman.
2: I was told I would be meeting with Captain Gwen.
0: How are we supposed to negotiate a trade agreement when you can't even honor an appointment? I won't have it. Quark, (laughs) I was so impressed with your entrepreneurial story. I believe our friends from the Gamma Quadrant would love to hear all about it. Uh, I'm too busy. Do us a favor here, Quark, we're trying to make a good impression. Maybe, I don't want to make a good impression. Oh,
2: and why is that? A little thing called the Dominion War? I don't
0: remember the karma helping out when my customers were dying. Quark, Korzak, please calm down. You bring me here to be insulted by this long-lobed halfling? Hey, oh,
1: no. Nerd. No.
2: All right, Steve, so this episode, we got a chance to visit Deep Space Nine.
1: I, I tell you, I was, <laughs> I was both thrilled about that and a little nervous because as our audience may or may not know, I basically never watched Deep Space Nine. And as a Trek aficionado and a fan, I'm humiliated to admit it, uh, but I just never gave it a shot. And um, I, know, I know about it and I know all the characters, but I might have missed a couple of Easter eggs that, that you can fill me in on.
2: Well, I watched DS9, I begrudgingly watched it the first couple of seasons, I thought that it was really, really slow, but then when the Dominion War happened and Worf came over, they went more of a a long story arc form, even with episodics in the middle, but it was all contained within this Dominion War,
1: and that's when the show really, I think, hit its stride. So um, I'll help you through it. Yeah, thank you. That's what everybody talks about with DS9 is the Dominion War. And I know it was a big deal with the Cardassians. And and I even know that the show opening went from just showing the pylons empty to, you know, showing activity and stuff. Because uh, I think they got the message. A lot of people were dumping out of that show. So I may, in fact, no, I will go back and watch the last what four seasons? I guess. Yes, yes, it's it's
2: it's definitely okay. worth it because Cisco just becomes a badass. Uh, the the writing yeah. had the gravity, but I think it was also because at the end of uh, of uh, the next generation, I think a lot of writers went over there.
1: Yeah, yep. Maybe uh, may, maybe my my good friend uh, Ronald D Moore wrote for some of them. I, I, that would be nice. Oh yeah.
0: Captain, we have an incoming communication from Starfleet Command. On screen.
1: There's been a change of plan. The Cerritos will be proceeding to the rendezvous, but you will be negotiating with the Karaman. I'm sorry, what?
2: So at the beginning of this this story, the, the Cerritos is in route to support a mission, a trade mission. Uh, with the USS Vancouver, they're, they're doing post-war trade negotiations with the uh, karma, which is so funny. Uh, the, the species, the <laughs> yeah. karma. So there's always some kind of tie. That's right. So I thought that was hilarious. Oh, yeah, there's
1: some kind of retribution. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, this is so typical for Cerritos. They're always kind of just involved in... The, the the shitty stuff
2: oh yeah they always get dumped on it's just like she's like yeah so what ends up happening they were just supposed to be assisting and then captain yeah admiral sorry admiral buen amigo good friend admiral. uh yeah. you know tells yeah. her that hey right. the uh vancouver's been pulled off and right. uh you will now lead the negotiations and captain freeman's pissed because she's not
1: prepared for I it i know I know, she's like, I've got no prep time, this is crazy And, and you know, <clears throat> I don't see her as much of a, a, a ambassador and negotiator As I think she turned out to be I just don't see her as as, as a Picard figure
2: Exactly
0: <sighs> Helm, just buy me some time to read up on the karma uh, uh,
1: Sir, how, how do we do that? Uh, I don't know, just circle around and pretend we're in awe of the pylons Yes, sir
2: They pull up to a DS9, and so Captain Freeman's like, buy some time.
1: Yeah, 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 it was so great. And, you know, of course, the theme song, which is great, you recognize that. And, 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 and true to why I didn't really watch it, they're like, what do we do now? Oh, just circle and admire the pylons. So they do that while the theme plays. And she's like, now what? And he's like, just keep circling. Uh, and that's exactly I, I thought that that was a really good nod to the first three seasons which was just kind of like boring
2: exactly and so I, I love the fact that the the writers don't don't mind making fun of themselves making fun of uh, no. of the series and its shortcomings shortcomings and its
1: strengths yeah i just i, I just keep circling it was just so great this is brilliant yeah so after the sh- cut, cut to commercial mm-hmm. then we go to act one yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh,
0: i can't believe Wanna walk the promenade? Ooh, check out the stores! Oh, oh I bet they have a quirks. Oh, Tendy, not just any quirks—the original Quark's. You're excited for a franchise restaurant? You guys are such tourists.
2: So after the commercial break, we find ourselves with Boomer, the Rutherford, Tendy, and Mariner, and they're um, Boomer, the Rutherford, and Tendy are like ecstatic about going aboard DS Nine. Yeah, they're pumped. Yeah, it's it's like a, a tourist destination now, <laughs> you know? And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they're pumped up, but Mariner's just like over it.
1: Yeah, I mean, and true to her character. She's just like, so what? I I love that she has that so what attitude about Starfleet because I think, Starfleet in general, because I I think, number one, it's a really good juxtaposition to the, the awe that most characters have for Starfleet and everything Starfleet. And number two, I think it's setting her up for a big character arc a few years a few seasons down the road where she's probably going to become captain. <laughs>
2: yeah, probably so. And uh, you know, and so yeah. uh but that wasn't the biggest surprise coming out of that.
1: No. No, because uh, her girlfriend jumps out of the cot and you know, Mariner at first is like uh, uh and starts rolling her eyes and I thought she was maybe embarrassed but but no, Jennifer. Jennifer, that's the name or J- is it J- it's Jennifer. Yeah, yeah Jen. Jennifer
2: the Andorian. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the Andorian wants to introduce Mariner to her friends and, and Tindy and Boimler and Rutherford are like, yeah, go ahead and do it, go ahead and do it. She's like, ah, I don't know, I don't know.
2: Yeah, she's not really keen on on meeting the friends and, and actually tries to use an excuse like, oh, you know what? I, I need to give uh, you know a uh, Bormler Brother for Nintendo a tour of DS9. and you know Bormr kind of steps in there. It, it, it's hilarious. So they they were kind of in on this because when, they, when Jennifer pops up, they're like, hi, Jennifer. And so they, they rib Mariner too. That's, that's what's really good about yeah. it. They know her character traits and her flaws. And so they just basically kind of uh, pushed her into it.
1: Yeah. And I think at some point they mentioned something like, um, don't be your bratty self. or Your something, bossy or like, self. Yeah. Your bossy self. Yeah. Try, try to be nice. Please try to be nice. The thing I also like about this, and I just want to do a quick commentary on this, is that I think they're handling Mariners' character right. I think where discovery went off the rails, at least for me was that they made the sexual orientation of their characters the main point. Um, and in this, it's just like, oh, I'm you know, this is my girlfriend and let's move on and just keep telling good stories and yeah, I, I, I like that better
2: I, uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that that was definitely a shortcoming of discovery is that every every statement. Every every introduction, especially when it comes to sexual orientation, comes with a statement, and it's it's like uh, right. one of those NBC "The More You Knows" uh, on crack. <laughs> <laughs> and <it's, laughs> du, du, du. <laughs> exactly, and so I think I think things are best played when you just you make it matter of fact, and you don't have to put a yeah. spotlight on. There wasn't a statement needed. So so what? She has a girlfriend. Is she cool? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, well, that's all I care I, about. That's
1: that's a and that's what I like about Wilson Cruz's character on Discovery is he and and um, and Paul uh, was I, the engineer I can't remember his last name. Now. Oh, Stamets. He, you know the doctor and Stamets. They're just they're just a couple. There's no in their thing. I don't think there's a big stake. Right,
2: right. No, they've done a really um, good job with that. It was just when they got to non-binary, it just became more of a um, which you know which I'm glad you know I'm fine. I'm fine. We're touching that, and I think that's I think it's a good thing. But I just think that it was heavy-handed. Um,
1: well yeah. yeah, I mean look at look at the, the original series. They didn't every episode wasn't oh Uhura is her blackness is the story. No, it's she's just there and kicking butt and no one ever thought about it. And and I like that we're getting kind of back to that. I, I think it should everything should be normalized.
2: Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. And and Star Trek is the, the right series to do all these things. I think they that's yeah, that's agree. that's their brand and that's what they've always done.
0: Captain Freeman. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. Thank you, Colonel Kira. I trust you were informed that the Vancouver will no longer be joining us. Well, it's not Starfleet Command unless they throw us a few curveballs.
2: So we uh, g- uh, go aboard DS9. So I was so excited. I, w- I didn't know how any yeah. of this was going to play out. But uh, right. so Captain Freeman, Lieutenant Shax, and Commander Ransom meet with Major Kira. And I was
1: like, all right. It was great because, you know, if you see pictures of Nana Visitor now, She's got gray hair. She's aging beautifully. I mean, she's just, she's such a uh, she's just such a doll, and she's just so great. But here she is in prime 90s form. She's got her dark hair, and she's just really tough like she always was. And it was it was really great to see her.
2: And I thought what was really funny was when Captain Freeman tried to introduce Lieutenant Shax, who is Bajoran,
1: <laughs> And uh yeah, the deal
2: right. is, is that uh Shaxx and Kira know, know each other. They they fought in the of resistance. Course. And I it was just hilarious, the banter between the two of them.
1: And I think it was good for Kira's character, because I don't recall her being tremendously comedic, uh, obviously. She was a very serious character. She was major Kira back in uh, DS9. Now she's general... Kira, and they're they're out saving each other. I saved you this. No, but then that was because I saved you here. And they're like, or you saved me here. They were literally trying to give each other credit and out credit the other person. Yeah. I thought that that was just
2: so freaking hilarious. And I was just like, okay, yeah, yeah. that's exactly how, you know, <laughs> you know, in a lower decks world, how things play out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and another interesting thing here is, is there's a good mix here in this episode of upper decks. And Lower Decks. Captain and Shaxx and um, Ransom are there, and as much of the story in this episode as our Lower Decks crew, and I like that. I think that's good. Oh, these trade talks are a waste of time. I don't know how these alpha
2: savages managed to win the war. Neither do I. But if there's even a chance at making a profit, I'll hear them out. And if diplomacy fails, we always have the other option, so the uh, karma delegation arrives and they're in conversation with themselves before they meet with everyone and they they talk about how they hate trade negotiations and they're very dismissive yeah. of everyone in the alpha quadrant
1: <laughs> yep yep and and so true to form and I think I did see this coming they're like do you have the alpha contingency plan and they're like yep we do and he opens his shirt and it looks like he's packing heat. He's carrying some kind of bomb. And to me, I'm like, well, wait a second. Wouldn't that be detected by the billion sensors on DS9, especially since it was a Kardashian ship and or a station rather? And it would have had all those protections built in. But you can't tell the story if you if you go there with that logic.
2: Exactly, exactly. So I'm just like, okay, well, uh, that's definitely a nod to what's to come, so be on the be on the lookout.
0: Yeah. Uh, hey, can you send my pad? Of
2: course. I love my fans. For a small price, plus bar tax and processing fees.
0: Quark. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. This is Captain Freeman of the Cerritos. She and her crew are here on important Starfleet duty.
2: Um so we go to Quarks. And uh, true to form, Quark is taking pictures with people and 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 yeah.
1: and, and charging and, them for it. Yes,
2: yeah, so, I mean he's a true Ferengi. It, everything's about uh, profit, and so I just thought that it was so hilarious. He's charging them for the for the picture, you know, like you know celebrities don't charge <laughs> for
1: photos. Well, again, I think part of my reluctance to watch DS Nine was was Quark himself. I just think looking at that Ferengi face. Uh, no knock on Ferengi's, but just watching him um, was always just a little disturbing to me. I never really wanted a main character to be a, a, a Ferengi. But the thing I loved about this was, again, Armin Shimmerman, you know, plays himself again, plays Quirk again. And you can tell he is put in the teeth because his voice has the teeth. Because he had to wear those jagged teeth every episode, and it kind of made his voice kind of like sound like he had fake teeth in. And in this in this episode, you could hear that.
2: Yeah, and it was so refreshing, and I was just really excited. I mean, wow, we got Major Cure and we got Quark in the same episode.
1: You yeah, mean, you can't. Beat I was that. waiting for Chief O'Brien. I was waiting for Chief O'Brien, but they nod to him a couple of times, which I thought was awesome.
2: Yeah, and so Freeman's not is and not really impressed by Quark. I mean, you know, because no. I mean, he's always kind of slimy because everything's got an angle with
1: him.
0: Whoa, the original quarks. Whoa, oh, oh, let's get to this. This this the bar.
1: Oh, my stars. They've got Dabo. I I, I thought it was illegal. Boimler, it's probably rigged. Oh, ho, ho. Cheating at a quarks. Oh, a fellow Orion greeting.
0: Hey, look at that. That's awesome. Oh, wow. Hi, I'm Tendi. This is my friend Rutherford. I'm
1: mask. I got to tell you, I never run into other Orions in Starfleet.
2: Me
0: neither. I guess there's just not a lot.
2: We cut to uh, Bormler, Tindy, and Rutherford. They walk in, and uh, Tindy meets this fellow Orion, which is kind of like a rare thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. And the Orion definitely is like he's a true Orion. He just walks up. He's cocksure. He's like, "What's up? I'm a badass. I'm a pirate. Yeah!" And Tindy's (laughs) like, "Oh, great."
2: Yeah, because uh, you know, as we as we know, that Tindy isn't someone who really uh, bought into you know, Orion culture, Orion, uh, Orion heritage of being pirates. That's something that she basically turned her back on because we, we, last season we discovered that she was really a badass.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I like that about her and I like that they did that too with Rutherford last episode where we kind of saw his origin story. And I'm wondering if they're setting us up for something here because short of this episode, I think that the two of them have this, boiling backstory that they pave over with their really sweet attitudes. That's why they're friends, I think. If we may see something happen soon, I think, maybe.
2: Oh, no, I know. I think I think it's 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 kind of that whole Remington steel now. We just dated ourselves with that whole thing Remington oh, steel. Oh you did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, late eighties man. I'll carry that one. I'll carry that one. Yeah, Remington Steel to me is a razor blade. Okay, so
2: (laughs) all right, I backed that one out. Let's take that one
1: out. Yeah, all right, abort, 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 abort. Um, Oh, I'm not cutting this out of the episode. You're just—we're not going to talk about. I'm going to let you off the hook. (laughs) Yes.
0: Uh, (laughs) Oh, look who's here! Get to meet the mysterious lady mariner i don't even mind you're so
1: late so so we go back to the ship and this is so great because for all of our listeners out there i i lived with um a lesbian for six years she's one of my best friends and and what happens in this episode is exactly what i witnessed with my roommate for six years which is just this wonderful gathering of these women and and the silliness that ensues as a result of it. It was great.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. So, Mariner goes with a girlfriend, Jennifer, to meet Jennifer's friends. And, um, yeah. you know, Mariner's not filling this environment. They call their environment the salon. No.
1: Yeah, the salon. And and everything has, is candle and lit and there's no, there's no tension and you have to, you know, exhibit yourself as someone who's open and free. And Mariner's just like, ugh. Oh. Yeah, so
2: uh, you, you just know that uh, something else is going to ensue because yeah, Marina, something's Mar- going to happen. Yeah, Mariner is going to explode at some point just just because she gets irritated. This is not this is not yep. her not her thing. I was told I would be meeting with Captain Gwen. How are we supposed
0: to negotiate a trade agreement when you can't even honor an appointment? I won't have it.
2: Understandable,
0: but unfortunate because we did bring some rather fine gifts. I don't.
2: Gifts, you say? So we go back to the negotiations, and uh, Major Kira introduces Captain Freeman to the Karma delegation, and they're immediately untrusting uh, because you know they were supposed to meet the captain of the uh, uh,
1: the Vancouver, the Vancouver. I almost said Ventura, yeah, which all would have been right in this world because (laughs) they're all California. Would have been a California class, right? Yeah, exactly. The thing that's interesting about Captain Freeman is that she's now. Playing the part of this ambassador in a way um, negotiator by understanding what the karma really like and that is gifts and so she's like we have some gifts for you and they, they, they go from kind of bitter and untrusting to what you do?
2: Yeah, and it pulls them back to the negotiation the negotiation table. So, you know, yeah, for smart. for now, Captain Freeman's pulled a move that's that settled things down. But in the background, yep. Major Kira and Lieutenant <laughs> Shax are continue to argue <laughs> yeah. and one up each other on who right. saved who the best.
1: It's so funny, and I and I love how Trek does this, and especially with lower decks, how they take a tradition like Vulcans are logical, and. Um, Bajorans are argumentative but heroes in a way and they take it and, and Lower Decks just turns it on its side and just punches it and makes fun of it and here they are fighting over who saved who more or last or first and it, it just it was great and I love that Nana Visitor came back and did this and made fun of her own character and it was great
2: yeah I, I, I love it I love it because uh, I always you know look at the uh, the, the Bajorans as, as rebels You know, gritty rebels, because they've had to fight uh, on on their occupation. Especially against
1: the Cardassians, yeah. Yep, exactly, exactly. So, real talk. What's the first ship you ever stole, Ma?
0: Um, actually, I don't do that stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Me neither.
0: Look, not every Orion does the pirate criminal thing, okay?
1: Whoa, easy. I'm starting to feel some of those aggressive female pheromones firing off. We don't all have those.
2: So, um, we're, you know, on a tour. So Tindy and the, the Orion, uh, officers is, is uh, giving Tindy and Rutherford the, the tour on the ship. And Tindy's really irritated yeah. with all of his braggadocious talk of, of his pirate past.
1: Well, he also, he wields this tool and I can't remember what he called it, but it's like, it, it, it's a, it's an everything tool. It can be a, uh, an eye puller out, or it can be a, a blade. It can be a this, could be a that, and he's just whipping it around, trying to show it off. And and the funny thing about that is, Tindy's just rolling her eyes. She's like, "Get this guy away from me. This is terrible." But but Rutherford keeps going. Oh, cool, neat. And he just keeps encouraging the guy, which Tindy's like, "Please don't do this."
2: Yeah, and Tindy, you know, just you know, emphasizes to this guy. And it's just like, "Listen, dude, um, you know, Ryan's aren't all the same." And in that moment, yeah. I could I could identify with that because you know, you know, as being. An African-American is a very, you know, we're just like everybody else, of course. And, you know, you know, we there are are different lifestyles across the board. But if you just say you were back in the 80s and the 90s, it was maybe a little different the perception sometimes. So like, if the, hey, do you know about rappers or do you know about sports? And I'm like, well, no, I mean, right. I, I don't play basketball. I, yes, I have a scholarship. <laughs> I told somebody I had scholarships. I could, well, I could talk Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I could talk right. Star Trek. I got an orchestra scholarship. So I, I, I understand that. But she's also, yeah. you know, wanting to, you know, it, it still be, you know, tied to the culture at the same time.
1: Yeah, and I think the the other thing, and I and I know you know this too, is that with him, you know, flaunting his pirate nature, um, it, it it is the it's the essence of, dude. What are you doing? You're ruining it for the rest of us. We're all not painted with one big brush, and you're just you know flaunting the one stereotype that everyone has of us stop it
2: exactly exactly so i i get it and i appreciated it and, and, and it made complete sense yeah.
0: Looks like we've got a bit of beginner's luck on our hands. Surprising for a
1: man with a coin purse. It's a clutch, and it's feeling a little light. Let it ride!
2: Meanwhile, you know, Boimler had le- left uh, left the three earlier and had gone to gamble. Bull Bo Boimler had taken <laughs> yeah. over, and he is winning yeah. over
1: there, pissing off the Ferengi. Right, because he, he's he's doubling down. And he's winning all this latinum. And, and, and again, I'm just going to do it. step away in commentary. And if you want to cut this, we can. But... Even just the gold press latinum thing. Like, there's just nothing about the Ferengis that I'm a fan of because Star Trek doesn't have money, and I know the Ferengis are all about money and gold press Latinum, and it keeps going on about the Latinum and the Latinum and, and the fact that Boiler's winning it all. I'm like, all right, good, it's pissing them off in a way it made me happy. Hey-o, guess who got themselves reassigned? I'm doing security for you guys for the rest of the day. How lucky are you? Yes! Oh, that's great. Oh, wow. that's- that's
2: news. So, meanwhile, Tindy and Rutherford and the uh, the uh, other Orion officer are attached with delivering the gift to the Karma ship, and Tindy just completely gets annoyed, and you know, yeah. yeah, when she finds out that this guy has been assigned to them, and so he's just like, "Hey, I'm with you guys all day, yay!" And she's pissed. and I think,
1: and I, I, I'm trying to figure out. What's what's the play here? Does he did he get assigned on purpose? Did he ask for that assignment? Is he in love with Tindy? Is he trying to prove something like what's he doing there? And and it's almost as if karma, so to speak, gave her that just to test her patience. You know, it's almost like he's not even real in a way.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I'm getting annoyed with him because he just keeps going on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. She's so Like, okay, dude, we get we get the point. You love pirates. We get it. You <laughs> love the pirate you're, culture. You're Yay. an Orion.
1: Thank you. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. woo.
0: Mariner. Me? Oh no. Uh, I mean, I didn't prepare anything. That's okay. Just speak your truth. Yeah, I'd rather just listen to y'all's truths. Okay. I'm just gonna say it. The intention I'm detecting is that you're kind of disrespecting my salon. Oh no, I don't want to disrespect anything. Um, Jenny I- was right. You do love being contrary.
2: So
1: uh, back at the salon, you know, Mariner is uh, with this love fest. So great, and 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 again, you know, the spoken word poetry, and she's invited to speak, and she's like, "I'm good." Nope, no thanks. Like, and all these women are just like, "I'm just gonna feel my truth," and and. Um, as Mariner starts to get more frustrated, the salon hosts are starting to realize, well, I think they did realize, but they're starting to say out loud, listen, I think you're kind of not feeling like you belong here. But the beauty of this is that, you know, because Mariner was told earlier on by her friends, you know, don't be bossy. And so she's just really trying to hold back with these women that are just grinding her gears. And uh, it, but it finally comes to a head where the salon host is like, I don't think you're fitting in here very much. And I'm sensing this hostility from you.
2: Yeah. And she, she said basically that she was, you know, felt disrespected and she said, yeah, Jennifer is, yeah. Jennifer's right. You love to be contrary.
1: And she's like, what do you mean? Like she talked about her.
2: Yeah, I was just like, oh, my That's God, funny. Jennifer, you're talking, talking smack. Oh. <laughs>
1: talking smack.
0: Quark, <laughs> I was so impressed with your entrepreneurial story. I believe our friends from the Gamma Quadrant would love to hear all about it. Uh, I'm too busy. Quark, you've had such success. Corzac could open up even more franchise locations in hash.
1: I don't want to oversaturate the market.
0: Do us a favor here, Quark. We're trying to make a good impression.
1: So we go back to DS9, and we're at Quark's now, the, the bar, and the delegation leader is not impressed with the station and all the different species there, and their trading, and just the way things happen there at DS9.
2: Yeah, he's so, completely downplaying downplaying all the things that, that are better, that are, um, all the shops and the, the business that's going on there, and, and even Major Kira's trying to, you know, you know, boost it a little bit.
1: Right. So to oh, so to try to appease this gentleman, Freeman introduces him to Quark and says, "You know, he's he's done this, and he's he's the greatest trader, and he's you know he, he's, got, he's got a franchise of Quarks." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Big mistake. Not not what I would have done. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, know, you know, Quark doesn't want to play ball. You know, and they're doing know, He turns Qu- around. He sees the guy. He's like. Argh.
2: Yeah, he's pissed at him because he he has animosity because during the uh, the war, uh, the Karma yeah. didn't participate during the Dominion War, and so uh, at least Captain yeah. Freeman like shit.
1: Which is funny too because you would think I mean look Quark had, I didn't think Quark had standards, but apparently he does. Yeah, that was and actually a of, surprise. One of them is loyalty.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow. Okay, so you were a little you know a little upset because there is a, there is a point in one of the DS nine seasons and, um, I cannot think of the name of this episode. It's one of my favorite DS nine episodes where, uh, uh, Cisco and some of his, some of his crew had to go to this rock that they were defending. And, but at that time, Quark's nephew, Nog was a, uh, was a, uh, Starfleet cadet. And, um, you know, Quark just questioned, his participation in it, and Cisco had to send, um, because he has great hearing, had to send him into a reconnaissance situation where he got his leg blown off, and um, Ooh, and Quark wow, was completely deal. you know pissed about it. Would you send your own son out there? And was challenging. Yeah. So it was funny to see that he had some you know you know, an opinion about participation in the war. Cause at that particular point in time, he thought that the Ferengi shouldn't have. He said, man, we're we're neutral. You know, we're just all about trade.
1: Seriously, tense. I bet the two of us could take this ship if we wanted to, you know? Will you
0: just shut up? You keep acting like pirating is cool, but guess what? It's not. Oh, he does it again.
1: Hey man, get off me. What are you doing?
0: You're cheating, human.
1: You Tell me your secret. I'm not cheating. I'm just the Dabo King. In fact, Triple, down, double.
0: What is wrong with you? I have principles. No, you don't. Quark, Korzak, please calm down. I will not stand for this disrespect. Uh, I know, I know. Sometimes Quark can come across a little insufferable.
1: Now things start to speed up in the episode, which I like. We're starting to bounce back. We got three stories going at once. We go back to Tindy, and she's really getting annoyed. This Orion is just getting under her skin. She's he's singing this stupid song about pirate life, and that's it. She finally she just she just loses it, and it's just like, what are you doing? We're not all pirates, yo. How could you glorify this this pirate life?
2: Yeah, and he basically goes off on her and accuses Tini of being a traitor, basically to the Orion culture,
1: which is you know good. Uh, we can see her blood, her green blood or whatever color it is, is starting to boil. And we, now we go to Boimler, who's continuing to win. He's gambling like crazy. Now he's tripling down at the table. And, <laughs> and of course, the Ferengi who's losing uh, does what a Ferengi does. And he accuses Boimler of cheating.
2: Yeah, I just love it. I just love it. Because anytime you can best a, a Ferengi when it comes to money, it's always a good day.
1: Which is an easy transition to Quark. He's still arguing with the Karma leader as Captain Freeman is trying to just calm everything down. We don't know if there's going to be a, uh, a resolution to this one. And Quark's just like, "Just everyone get out of my bar! Get out! Get out!"
2: <laughs> yep, and very, very Quark-like. You know, if I can't have yeah. my way, then no one gets there. So he, you know, he flies yeah. off the handle and you know, like, kicks everybody out. Uh, that's when uh, the Karma leader implements the uh, contingency plan.
0: Oh,
1: Alpha Contingency, so they they take the bomb and they throw it and disable the entire space station. And then the ships that are docked there uh, go down except for theirs.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so I I yeah, I thought for sure it was a bomb and we we're gonna blow up something, but that wouldn't make sense. What would when would they have the game? But now we see the reason. So they disabled the entire space station and stole Quark.
1: Yep. Yeah, this was a it appears to be a kidnapping. Right. Yes. We don't know why yet.
2: Yeah, so, but, but but right before that, um, you know, uh Quark was showing off this this uh this machine. And, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: The, the, the something, something 2000.
2: Yes. Yes. And the karma were pissed about that and they, they flip it over. And now uh, yeah. that's when Quark you know, flew off
1: the handle. So, he, you know, they were pissed about it. So then, yeah, they kidnapped Quark Cause he had stolen. It's almost like doc Brown stealing the, you know, stealing the nuclear fission material and giving them a bomb with used pinball machine parts. That's kind of the ruse that quark had done. Yeah. It was and, and so they're, ta- they're like, we're taking this guy. Yep. Is that Quark?
0: Uh, This is solemn misunderstanding. Oh, you say. Release docking and set a course for the wormhole. Ah!
2: So then Tindy Rutherford and the Orion guy are on that ship, you know, still trying to, you know, deliver the gift in the cargo hold there. And they see uh, the the karma taking (laughs) Quark.
1: (laughs) And I'm just thinking, well, this is going to be hilarious because they're going to have to do something.
2: Oh yeah, you know. Um it you know, the stakes are high now and they're stuck on that ship too. So something's got to happen.
0: Uh, the manual latch is fused. <laughs> Excuse me. Is anybody, is anyone else finding it hard to breathe? Come on. We've been in here 2 seconds. It's totally fine. It's <coughs> Wait, it is a little stuffy. The candles.
1: The flames eat twice the oxygen. Oh so back, yeah, back at the salon, Mariner's trying to keep everyone calm. She's trying to be the, the best girlfriend that she can be for Jennifer. Suddenly Jennifer gets on her case and is like, you're being too polite. And Mariner's like, what? Be yourself. <laughs> yeah, be yourself. So she's like, all right, that's it. Everybody shuts up. And they're just like, you're, you're, you're messing with our space. And they don't shut up, right? And and suddenly they all realize that because the ship has gone down, the power has gone down, they are stuck inside. They can't open the door. And all the, I don't know, they, some term they said, something's been fused. And the candles that they've been burning suck up twice the oxygen that people do. And all the women are like, uh, I can't breathe. Uh, uh. And Mariners is like, don't shut worry up. about it. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Shut and then up. she starts coughing. So what's the only way she can shut them up? She takes out a freaking
2: phaser and starts stunning everyone and knocking them unconscious.
1: I, I just, that that really surprised me. I was like, wait, what's happening? She is just, talk about bold Boimler. She is, a maniac mariner. I mean, she's just really like, <laughs> to put everyone down with a stun. I mean, it's, uh, I was blown away. I loved it.
2: Oh yeah, and the thing is, I'm going to use that. Yeah, I think we should implement implement that when she goes off the rails, Man, maniac mariner. So I, I thought that's perfect, yeah. Steve. You, you you coined a yeah. new phrase for us, but but Jennifer's oh, getting you. off to
1: this. <laughs> Yeah, she likes it. Then this is why she likes Mariner. And this is, look, this is another allegory, another Star Trek lesson. Be yourself, and the people who love you for it will be the ones you need to stick with. And, you know, there's that message in the middle of all the chaos and the comedy and everything else they're doing. Uh, I, I That came through, and I, I, I loved it. Mask.
2: Mask! You can save us.
1: Um, I'm sorry, what?
0: With all your pirating skills, you can take the ship Orion style.
1: Right, totally. Um, the, uh, thing with that is, um, I, uh, I don't know how. I've never pirated anything in my whole stupid life.
2: So now we got to rescue Quark. So, uh, Rutherford, uh, <laughs> you know, asks the Orion to use his pirating <laughs> skills to commandeer the ship and, and, and get Quark back before the ship flies through the wormhole. And the yeah. dude
1: breaks down. Oh, God. He's such a fool. And I, and you you probably saw this coming. He's like, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm not even from Orion. I'm from Cincinnati. That was hilarious. I was cracking was up so on great. that. You because I've never known phony. anyone like me. I've only heard stories in graphic novels or whatever he was talking about. Yeah, yeah he read it in a book. He read it in a book. And, and that's all Tindy needed to hear, man. She loses it.
2: Yeah, so yeah, Tindy goes off and then she takes charge because Tindy's parents were yep. actually pirates.
1: Yeah, and we know that from last season.
2: Yeah, and so she comes alive, takes the the the, the weapon from the Orion guy, yep. and then starts kicking yep.
1: ass. Yeah. And she's able to to use the weapon to program the ship that kidnapped Cork to stop it like right at the precipice of the wormhole.
2: Yep, and then the Cerritos uh, uses tractor beams and pulls it out. So I was just like, badass. This girl is a badass. I mean, she just kept that so stuffed for the first season and a half. Um, And, you know, she is a badass. And she might be the one who becomes a captain,
1: you know, after all. She might be, and I I dare say she is my favorite character on this show, just because she's got so many dimensions and and she's a lot of fun. (laughs) Oh, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I definitely didn't have phaser all your friends on my bingo card. That's what I like about us. You keep things unexpected. Though, you know, us being the only ones not stunned here, kind of a bad look. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, 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 I see that. Well, shall we?
2: So uh, we go back to uh, the salon and it's just, everybody's knocked out and it's just Jennifer and Mariner.
1: Yeah, so, you know, we, we're, we're, we're post, you know, hysteria. And this is where Mariner, I think it's a great moment for her because she realizes that she's loved for who she is. Jennifer's like, this is great. And they're like, well, listen, we got we to gotta make it look like it happened to all of us. So they give each other a little kiss. They hug. And then in a selfie kind of way, Mariner stuns them both at the same time. And they pass out together. It was fantastic.
2: Yeah, that was a, an awesome end to a ridiculously crazy scene. So, yeah. uh, checkmark. I love it. I love it.
0: You stole our technology! Your technology? The Quark 2000. He stole it from us! It's filled with Karama components! So you didn't kidnap him? No,
2: we arrested him!
0: I... May bought a karma replicator some years ago, but it was
2: my codes that made it so popular. So the Karma are now in the brig for um, you know kidnapping Quark, and we find out why they were really pissed. So they were mad at Quark because that machine, the whatever were two thousand, was something that he stole from them and then put his label yeah. on it. This 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 replicator. Right. And so they they're they're pissed about it, and everybody's looking at him like, you bastard. In true form.
1: Now, they, here's the thing though. I mean, the, the huge plot hole here is they could have come aboard and said, We're here to arrest Quark. He stole our technology. But maybe they needed to prove it first or something. I, I just wasn't sure. There seemed a hole there.
2: Yeah, but maybe they didn't know Quark was aboard. And, and and it just kind of happened when they were introduced and they realized, like, oh, this, well, no, no, they came on with a bomb. You're right. <laughs> yeah, They they, they, the little ca- they came there.
1: for trouble. It wasn't even a bomb. It was a disabler. I, I, I we might've missed something there, but I'm not sure.
2: Yeah. yeah. So they, they had come to actually arrest him. So, yeah. uh, yeah, it was an interesting twist, you know, but at the same time, I'm not surprised. Quirk, Quark is always up to something, and so it doesn't surprise well, me that he stole someone else's technology and took credit for it and made a profit. So they, they, yeah. they. So Captain Freeman basically worked out an agreement between the two, and Quark has to give up seventy percent of his franchises,
1: <laughs> which is the worst thing you can do to a Ferengi.
2: Yes, he's on the losing end, but he he knows, yeah. you know, he's not he's not fighting it because he know he's
1: he's been well, exposed. Yeah, it's that or, you know, God knows what the karma would have done to him. You know, karma's a bitch.
2: Yep, yeah. And uh, that just you know, really, you know, sews it up with karma. That's... Yeah. This The species is named the Karma, and Karma played yep. out against Quark. So this was a, a really, really funny episode, and it had lots of, gre- lots of great Easter eggs. And um, I had two moments that I really, really enjoyed. And for me, coming out the gate, I just loved the, to see uh, Major Cure and Quark. It, mm-hmm. was, it was just like coming home for me and um, especially with major kira getting into it with shacks i just thought that whole thing across the whole <laughs> show was just hilarious i out saved you i thought that was hilarious
1: well for me uh my number 2 as a as a rebel of deep space 9 someone who who intentionally did not watch it to have it made fun of in lower decks was really spoke really spoke to me um to have um Ransom just keep circling, uh, just really spoke to how I saw the show, which was just, they're just circling around a bunch of pylons. So I thought it was funny that they had that self-deprecating humor.
2: Always good when you can make fun of yourself. Uh, My number one was uh, Tindy kicking ass. I just, you know, I just, I, I love her even more.
1: I agree. I think she's great. My number one was the whole salon experience from the second they walked in to the second they all got stunned. As I mentioned before, you know, I, I lived in that space for a long time and it, it was exactly how <laughs> what my experiences were like. So it was it was great to watch that and have that represented. It was very funny.
2: Well, Steve, Lower Decks just keeps delivering, and it's always yep. a good variety. You don't know what direction they're going, and this one was a was really, really nice. I liked it. I had a, I had a fun ride this time.
1: I agree, and I and I I love that they visited a spot that was a part of our lives, a part of our history. The fact that Lower Decks takes place during post Nemesis, but right after. Um, it's, it's almost like that filler time, what happened between Nemesis and whatever came next, uh, Picard. And, and uh, it's so much fun to have all those Easter eggs and references.
2: Okay, that concludes this Lord Decks edition of Energize. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to listen to more episodes of Energize, whether that be the Strange New Worlds edition or Lord Decks, visit us at www.energizepodcast, That's www.energizepodcast.com.
1: Thanks for watching. I'm Anthony McLemore. I'm Steve Truitt. Live long and prosper.